We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 217. Our guest today is the owner and founder of Prospects, which is an app looking for a better way to track and share riding progress. Prospects is the original video ride journal app that allows riders, trainers, coaches, vets to store videos, make notes, and chat about rides. Videos can be tagged and categorized for sharing and review. Don't you hate it when you are looking for a specific video from a lesson or a horse show and you have to scroll for days in your camera roll? I know I do all the time. I literally have thousands of videos in my phone right now. So I think it's brilliant. Not only to share with your horse friends, you can show friends and family how you did at the show. You can show your vet a jogging video or a video under saddle of a horse coming back from rehab. You can share with your trainer from across the country. The options are really endless, and I think it's a brilliant way to store and organize your riding video. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our guest today, Catherine Brock. Before getting into prospects, I'm so excited to hear more about it. I first (laughs) want to hear about how you first kind of got into the horse world. Well, I had, um, as a kid, I had three older siblings who rode. So I was the kid who was riding ponies bareback when I was like four or five. And and that was all great for me, but uh, somebody got decided to buy me a children's hunter. And so I started my, <laughs> I, I started my show career at about nine or 10 riding in the children's hunters. And I, I did that until I was 17 and, um, you know, kind of did children's juniors and then children's jumpers. And at 17, I decided to take a break and be a teenager first and then be an adult, which is what often happens. So at what point, at what point were you wanting to kind of get back into the equestrian world or um, was there any point where you were like wanting a career within the industry? How was that for you? No, I never really, you know, I never really pegged myself as somebody who's going to go into training or anything like that. I I really didn't think I was going to come back actually. Um, I, sometime in my forties, you know, my kids were off in college and my husband kind of said, Hey, you, and he didn't know me when I was riding, you know, he just saw pictures and I used to talk about it a lot. And he suggested that maybe I could kind of get back into it. And he didn't, you know, obviously didn't know what that (laughs) involved. And I really didn't either. I, I sort of wandered into a show barn one day and asked if I could take lessons on Saturdays with not really any intention of getting back into competition or, or owning a horse. But, you know, here, here, this is how things progress, right? In the horse world. So now I'm owning horse and competing and, and those sorts of things. What is your life like now as an adult, you know, coming back into it versus how it was growing up? Like, well, how has riding and horses in general changed or how's it different for you now? Well, if there's a, there are a lot of things. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, there, there was no video. (laughs) 
that's the main thing. As a kid, I think I saw one video of myself writing um, and it was, you know, maybe two months after the round, I got a tape in the mail that my parents paid a lot of money for, you know? So now that, that has really been great for me. The the idea that you can just video, you can have somebody video almost every lesson, every round, everything, because I, I use that a lot to kind of keep me level. You know, when you, you watch a video of yourself writing, your brain wants to label everything as either really good or really bad, right? At least when you're a perfectionist, which I think a lot of equestrians are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, watching a video, you see that every every round or every ride has elements of both. You know, you never do everything all good or all bad. There's always something positive and there's always something that you could have done better. So I think that's one thing. Um, you know, another thing that's different now is I pay for it now. And so there's a whole layer of stress involved in equestrian sports with paying, having to pay the bills and having to manage kind of the stress of, you know, again, that perfectionist mindset of the highs and lows of being excited, disappointed and all that. And then on top of that, there's this, I'm paying a lot for this and I really should be enjoying it, you know, enjoying the process. Um, I think those are two things that really, maybe I didn't expect when I came back into riding was just you know, that extra layer of the financial stress and, and how I really had to work to kind of find that this is a journey, you know, it's not a series of defining moments that tell me that I'm either successful or failing, you know, it's a journey and you can enjoy all of it, good and bad. It's easy to recognize and say how I feel like sometimes that's that's a huge struggle, right? I feel like a lot of us are happy to talk about riding as a journey, maybe when things are going pretty well, or you know, I've maybe found some success in the show ring. When those days where just literally nothing goes your way, uh, that's where I feel like it gets really challenging, and it's really easy for us to define our riding or our you know program or anything that that, you know, like you get very stressed out from that. So how were you able to, and obviously I'm sure it's just a, a continued process, um, but how are you able to kind of shift that mindset of really embracing this as a journey? You know, it's definitely a work in progress. I can't say that I've solved it for sure. Um, I think that this is kind of where prospects came in for me is when I came back to writing as an adult, I was I was surprised and disappointed to find that I was in those kind of mental habits because I had, as a junior writer, I had that, you know, I was kind of mental kid and in my own head a lot. And I would set these high expectations and then fall short and then be mad. And, and when I came back as an adult, I thought, you know, I'm mature. It's going to be different this time. And, And it wasn't really, you know, it just all sort of came right back. And, um, and I just decided that's not the way that I wanted to spend my amateur career. Again, you know, the, the financial aspect of it had some influence there. Like, I don't want to spend a lot of money feeling like I'm on this emotional roller coaster all the time. Um, and so I needed some new tools and habits to get me out of at least discourage that kind of high, low thinking and be more of on a, on a continuum. And that's, that's really was the motivation behind building prospects is, I felt like if I could have something that could redirect that energy to be more process focused, then if it would help me, it certainly would help other people too. And that's kind of where I came to. And so tying into how prospects help me do that, helps me do that is, um, you know, I, I 
hold myself accountable for kind of debriefing on rides as much as possible, especially if I have video. And kind of what I said earlier is when you have video and you force yourself to watch the video and, and analyze what happened, the story is much more complex than what you told yourself on the way out of the show ring, right? You told yourself you, you killed it, you laid it down, or you, you know, it was a disaster and you should just hang up your spurs right now and never get on a horse again. And when you go through that kind of debriefing process, you realize that it's it's not that, and it kind of puts things a little bit more in perspective. And I think that has really helped me, you know, along with obviously there are other things, you know, like great coaching and showing up to ride every day and, and things like that have helped me kind of focus on process versus, you know, this series of endpoints. So let's talk about prospects a little bit. Obviously, it was something that was kind of born from something that you would find beneficial as an equestrian mm -hmm. and um, turned out it was something that others needed as well. And um, there's definitely that common thread of being able to use video in your own video to really be able to document and grow from it and learn from it. And I also feel like the idea of watching video helps kind of take the emotion and negative emotion out of riding for you to really just kind of focus, okay, black and white, what went well in this? What should I try to repeat and what didn't go that well? And how can I learn from it? And so I think that that's been that video and the idea of, of having video has been so revolutionary for our sport, but what you have been able to do is be able to kind of put this together in an organized way. So tell me a little bit about how Prospects was born and um, how you kind of came up with the idea and started running with it. Yeah, I think, you know, again, like I said, the, the motivation about, you know, me needing some new tools and habits, that's, that's the first part of it that sort of stimulated the idea. And, you know, also going to shows and seeing every round, somebody is video holding up their phone and videoing. So, you know, I thought, well, there's definitely an audience, at least for the video piece. And, and then I have, I have videos in my phone. We all do. Right. But to find them, it's like, it's endless scrolling. Like you're scrolling for days to find, Hey, I wanted to rewatch that one video that where I won the championship or, you know, whatever. So, you know, in my thinking about how best to bring these pieces together, being able to ride, you know, document ride notes, have that video there to to show, you know, to do show objective evidence that it really was how you're saying it was. Um, I just sort of came up with as many, uh, what I wanted it to be was easy to upload the video and document your ride notes and then easy to go back and find those things. Um, so one of the, the differentiating features, I think, were our tagging and kind of organization features within the app are best in class. So every ride that you upload, you can add date, time, location. You can also tag whether it was a show round, a lesson. You know, there are different types of tagging in there. There's hashtags. So if you really want to go back and find those things, you can very quickly. And you also, like I said, you have, and there's also ratings so you can find your good ones. <laughs> That's kind of my go-to uh, motivational pick-me-up when I'm having a bad day, not just in life, but in, you know, not just in riding, but in life too, is to kind of go back and and watch some of my best performances to remind me that, you know, we're my, myself and my horse, we're capable of good things, you know, and, and the enjoyment that you get from those really great rounds. I think you can, you can relive that over and over again. So um, I think 
you know, being able to find those rides really quickly was important. And then over time, you know, that was the initial idea. Over time, I've added a lot of features. So there's a friend component. You can share rides with other people. Um, we have a challenges piece where riders can earn points and prizes for using the app. So like this month, our top point earner in March can win a, um, a sweatshirt from Equestrian Team Apparel and then ponytail bows. Um, so, you know, those sorts of things, nobody else has that piece of it. Um, we also have a feature because I added the um, the friend piece where you can have kind of private conversations with people. I also added the, a feature to copy those chat conversations to an email address so that if you're an adult writer or owner and you're having a conversation with a junior writer, you can copy an adult's email address so that those conversations, those digital conversations are safe, sport compliant, which I don't know that anybody else does that either. So those are the kind of things that that have evolved over the past couple of years since the initial idea of just having kind of a digital writing journal was the core concept. And then being able to build it out so that it's it's useful and motivational for people, I think is is how it happened over time. In the last several years, the idea of equestrian-related apps has definitely grown. There's been more and more. What makes Prospects different, would you say, from other apps out there? Because I I really don't think that there's anything quite like Prospects right now. I would I would agree with that. Um, I think the challenges piece is certainly a differentiator. I think that we were the first to support that video piece. And then, you know, the safe sport compliance part of it is definitely different. I, you know, I didn't want to remake a social media app for equestrians. I didn't want to remake uh there, there are other apps that have kind of GPS capability that I think are more for you know, trail riding and things like that. I didn't want to remake something that was already out there. I definitely wanted to focus on something that was a little bit different. And also, you know, from my own experience, that would be helpful for kind of that perfectionist mindset. And so things like, you know, when you add your ride notes, for example, you can, you can choose to share those ride notes, or you can share a video without the ride notes. So if you've got this whole kind of discussion about how you shouldn't have kicked out of the corner and you would have chipped at that jump or whatever, and you don't, and you want to share the video with somebody, but you don't really want to share all that stuff, which is kind of me. I tend to be very, you know, internal and thought oriented about my writing, but I don't really, I don't need the rest of the world to know that. Right. So I can share my video without sharing those notes, or if I want, say, I want to share the video with a trainer or something, here's my ride. These are my notes. Tell me what you think. I can, I can toggle that on and off. So that's another feature that I think that isn't really incorporated in anything else that I've seen. Definitely. Yeah. That's really cool. If you've been riding for a bit, chances are you have the blisters, saddle sores, and rubs on your feet and your heels to prove it. So Dreamers and Schemers has amazing boot socks that are not only super cute, but they have a lightly padded and moisture wicking footbed and flat seam toe to really protect those problem areas. But not only are Dreamers and Schemers socks a great way to express yourself in a subtle way, but they also have an amazing feature and that is the black cuff at the top of the sock to prevent any pattern peekaboo in the ring. 
The super fun colors and amazing quality also extends to the other Dreamers and Schemers products, and those are the main Jane leather belts and leather spur straps. They literally carry any color and texture leather you can possibly think of with amazing reversible belts. I love the main Jane belts and really heavy duty and fashionable spur straps. So to find out more information, head over to their website at dreamersandschemers.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-E-R-S-N-S-C-H-E-M-E-R-S.com. Thank you so much, Dreamers and Schemers. All right, let's head back to the episode. So if someone is interested in prospects, how do they, how do they get started? So the app is available for download in the App Store and the Google Play Store. So there's iOS and Android versions. There's also links on prospectsapp.com. And it's it's pretty simple to download. Generally, the first thing people do is set up their horse. So you can set up profiles for different horses with pictures. Um, I've had some people ask me about, you know, like assistant trainers and things who ride a lot of horses and they don't want to set up like an individual horse profile for each horse. So what I do, sometimes I ride other horses for other people is I'll set up a profile that's, I call it the randoms, but it's just a bucket. And I put in, you know, different horses under that profile, but my horse has his own profile. So you'd set up a horse profile and then you, you can connect with your contacts in your phone to find friends. And then you just start adding your rides. When you went from idea to business, what was that process like for you? And um, had you done anything within business in the mainstream world? And how is how is it kind of like for you navigating starting a business, but also navigating the equestrian industry with business? Well, it's been challenging. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. Um, I so my corporate background, I had probably just enough experience in this realm to be overconfident, I would say. I worked for a large company in digital space and and managed some large digital projects, but I had teams of people, you know, supporting me. And, and And this was the first time I've ever done this by myself. I had to go find a developer. I'm not a developer, so I had to find a development team, um, you know, kind of explain what they wanted. I designed the whole app myself. That part was was challenging and honestly continues to be challenging because I, I'm, as a lot of equestrians are, I'm a little, like I want to manage the details, right? And But I'm not a developer, so I have to rely on somebody else to me explain to them what to do and they have to do it. And, you know, there's a lot of back and forth in there. Um, the business side of it has been, I would say, also challenging just because I um, I am now self-employed. I, I have another digital property, a website called thebudgetfashionista.com that I manage and write for, but I hadn't done anything business-oriented in the equestrian world at all. So it's just been kind of like making new contacts, talking to people, talking to my the friends I know, you know, people who I ride, asking for a lot of feedback for like, how can I, what features would you use? Because at the beginning, you know, it all came out of my own brain and my brain probably doesn't work the way, you know, that everybody else's does. So, um, you know, it's just been a lot of kind of hitting the pavement and talking to people and asking questions. Definitely. What would you say has been some highlights or, you know, points that kind of like stick out in, in your head for prospects? Have you received any like success stories or things like that from people who have been using the app? 
Yeah, I would say the success stories are the highlights. Um, I was talking to an amateur this week who was telling me how using the app has helped her get more perspective on her riding. So again, that idea that it's not all good or not all bad, it's kind of a, a blend of all things. That's always really rewarding for me to hear. I know of a trainer who's who's bringing along a young horse and she's using the app to show that progression. And, um, and then once the horse is ready to sell, she's going to use it for, again, to show where the horse started, where the horse is now to be able to sell that horse. So those things, I think, you know, anytime I get an email from somebody, even somebody who's using the app and says, Hey, how do I do this? Or, you know, can the app support this? Or can you make this feature work differently? Things like that. I enjoy because I, I love to hear that there's a community out there kind of picking up this and, and again, using, using the process to help them get more joy from their writing. Definitely. So let's say I download the app on my phone, open it up. Give me a little rundown of what I would find. You would find a place to um, create your horse profiles. So that's probably where you want to start. There's a there's a plus button in the middle of the screen where you can add rides. So you can start there, but you you have to attach the ride to a horse. So you'll get prompted to add a horse. Um, and you know most people. When I watch people use it for the first time, the first thing they do is add their horse. They take a picture of the horse, they add the horse, and then um, go to the friends module where you can look for your contacts who also use the app and then start adding rides. And you can add ride, you don't have to add video to rides. So like sometimes, a lot of times I ride, you know, five, six days a week. A lot of times I don't have videos for those. So you can just add notes on your rides if you don't have a video or you can add a photo or you can add a video, however you like. Just kind of thinking about that, there's, I feel like some other things that came to mind of different dynamics that this would work so well for. Um, One, being personally being in a program where I'm often away from the rest of my team geographically, it would be a great way to um, stay up to date on maybe horses I'm rehabbing or um, checking in on a horse and sending it to the other trainers um, to give kind of updates on how that's going or a lesson I'm teaching up north for them to look at um, before that client comes to show. And also I feel like even between rider or client and vet to be able to get updates on how a horse is rehabbing or sending your vet video. You know, this was it. This was the horse last week. This is it today. Um, This is it after injections. Um, I feel like there's so many different opportunities to be able to use this app and keep it organized. Cause I think that's the biggest pain point that you're targeting. My phone is always on a daily basis completely full. Like just, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. like having to like scrounge through my old videos and like delete stuff just so that I can like make more video. My clients get so annoyed with me because I, I usually am also videoing while I'm teaching lessons and like, you know, three jumps in my phone will be like, you are full of storage. Like there is no <laughs> more room. I'm like, okay, wait, we need to start again because my phone just stopped recording. So I feel like that's, it's also like a great way to keep things organized because there's plenty of video I have in, in my phone that I, that I don't need. But if I had a place where I could keep it really organized and succinct, not only would it be easy to find, but I wouldn't necessarily need everything that's in my camera roll right now. 
Absolutely. The rehabbing piece, I, I found that really useful. My horse went through his own rehabbing stint and I definitely used it for, you know, I mean, jogging videos, things like that and, and tracking his, I had a, I set up a hashtag just for rehab milestones so that I could track his increasing activity levels. And, and then when the vet asked me, okay, you know, what's happening here? What, how long, when did that happen? I had it all right there and I didn't have to rely on my memory or, like, I don't know if you've ever tried to keep notes on a piece of paper in a tack box, but that paper gets disgusting <laughs> after like a week being in your tack yeah. box. So it doesn't work. So I, I definitely have used it for that rehabbing piece for sure. So smart. Tell me about an area of the industry that you're really passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about. I think, you know, I would say kind of along the same vein is, is mental health for riders and trainers. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of equestrians I know are perfectionists and perfectionists live and die in those highs, high and low moments. Right. And that's, that's a stressful way to go. And, you know, on top of that, if you're a trainer, you're probably working ungodly hours, you know, to be in the sport. And if you're a rider, you're spending, you know, a lot of money to do this. And that level of stress, I think, can manifest in some very unhealthy habits in our community. And some sometimes those unhealthy habits are self-directed, but sometimes they're directed outwardly. And it can lead to some of the the things that we've all experienced in the equestrian community, which are, you know, snobbery and (laughs) judginess and, you know, less pleasant aspects of our sport. Um, And, you know, we're, as adults, we all have the opportunity to just not do this anymore if we don't want to. And, and that's fine, but there are also a lot of kids in the sport. And, and I feel like we, as adults, maybe don't always set the best examples for our kids. So we're at a point where they're just learning how to deal with stress and learning how to kind of take control of their own performance and manage the highs and lows of things. And, and maybe we don't set the best examples for them. And that, that to me, I think is something that, that could deserve demand a little more attention in our sport. What would you say is the core of that issue? Um, Because obviously I think that the industry looks to your peers or colleagues or competition to kind of keep up with everyone else. And um, I think with long hours, little to no days off, the stress and the exhaustion is a lot of what maybe causes that. But what would you say is the root or the need to kind of be that way in the first place that kind of causes all of this stress within the industry? Well, I, I think it's just the the stress of this environment. You know, it's a equestrians tend to immerse themselves in this community, and and especially I think the professionals in the community are completely immersed and and maybe don't get outside of the community that much. And and I feel like we're all whole people, right? Like we're we're whole and complete people outside of our love for horses and. I think sometimes whether you're a really dedicated writer who spends all your time doing this or you're a professional, I think in both situations, you sort of lose sight of that wholeness and completeness because you're just immersed in it 24 seven. And it's hard to kind of get outside and get a little bit more perspective on just 
you know, enjoying life and, mm. and living with a little more freedom outside of kind of the, the demands, whether it's the demands of your clients because you're a professional or the demands you place on yourself because you're a writer. Right. And again, kind of like how we started great to like say and to strive for, but then it's yeah. also hard because then you play that comparison game, especially um, at the top of the sport when the people who are winning are they're they're not taking days off and they are you know yeah. they they do have tons of horses that they're riding and 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 it's just like hamsters on a wheel type of thing but yeah. those are the those are the programs that are successful and so it's hard because you have to decide what your goals are and and if one of them is to stay healthy <laughs> mentally <Yeah. laughs> and to enjoy yeah. the sport for a long time some of those things need to give yeah, for sure. It, it definitely takes a personal commitment, I think, to to your own well being. Um, and you know, not everybody, not everybody cares, and that's fine. You know, I think as long as you're not where it becomes a problem is when you're kind of creating toxic situations for other people. Then, then it's problematic. Um, but then again, you know, other people also can remove themselves from those situations. Hopefully if they're adults, if they're kids, that's obviously a more complex issue. But um, I think that as much as we can individually kind of take responsibility for our own health, that's really, that's the thing we can control, right? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for taking the time to talk a little bit about your background and prospects. I think it's an amazing idea, amazing app and something that's definitely needed within the industry. So thank you for taking the time to come on and thank you for taking the time to create and keep running with prospects. And I wish you all the best. Great. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.